0: Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Conversation Women's Edition. I'm so excited to be back today. We have a very loaded topic today. Uh, but before we get started, we're gonna go ahead and do some intros. Once again, I'm Tori Anderson, and I will allow my two other lovely co-hosts to introduce themselves.
1: I'm Crystal Fulton, and Alicia Hobertson.
0: All right, and so like we said, we're gonna we're going to go ahead and jump in. We have a such a subject today that we do want to approach with delicate hands so we do have a bit of a disclaimer that we'd like to address real quick. Yes
1: yeah, so um, today we're going to be talking about mental health, uh, emotional wellness, um, trauma and we're going to start it off by actually referencing a uh, a post that I came across on social media um, and, and like Tori said you know we, we also may talk about like suicidal thoughts, depression, PTSD, um, and we never want to minimize the, uh, the fact that people are experiencing these things, that they are very real. And if you are experiencing these, then you should get help. And so as ambassadors, what we want to do is kind of talk about what that help could look like and where healing and wholeness comes from. But also, we just want to encourage anyone who may be listening, who is dealing with um, any any types of things that we may uh, mention or may not mention, that you would seek appropriate help. So, just wanted to put that out there. Um, and now, I guess we can jump right into it. All Did right, you want me to read it or you want me to read it? Let's give you the honors of reading. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, sure. So, so the post that I came across. It says, loving Jesus doesn't always cure suicidal thoughts. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure depression. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure anxiety. Loving Jesus doesn't always cure PTSD. You can love Jesus and have a therapist too. You can love Jesus and take medication too. Please get whatever help you need. You matter. You matter to God. You matter to others. So I'll I'll let one of you ladies kind of start off with what was your initial reaction to uh, reading the post?
2: My initial reaction was, uh, this is so not true, so far from the truth. This post was definitely posted by someone who's hurting and are seeking wholeness actually as opposed to healing. Um, The one thing that I've learned recently is that healing and wholeness are two different things. And in religion or in the past, let me just say this, in the past, going to church, that's what I learned, like healing, you're healed and you're whole. And it's so far from the truth. So the way I understood this was through my medical knowledge, which would be someone can be healed from diabetes, right? But if they don't change the way they eat, then they can become worse off than what they were before. So like, you can be like, oh, I exercise, I uh, lost the weight, now I don't have to take insulin, I'm good. Well, you start eating bad, that weight comes back, there goes that healing. Your diabetes comes back and things happen. So anyway, back to that post, it just really spoke to me that that was somebody who was really hurt and was seeking wholeness as as opposed to just healing. Another thing that came to my mind was what is that person's belief system when it comes to love? Like, what is their definition of love? What does loving Jesus look like for them? Like some people consider love as a choice. Or so if like, if they choose to love Jesus one day or Yeshua one day, and then one day they can choose not to. So I can see how that concept of you know loving Yeshua doesn't always heal this ailment because it's it's a choice as opposed to something that they're constantly trying to do. If that makes sense. So um, yes, yeah, so I'll just um, stop there and let Tori say what she what her initial reaction was.
0: You know, one thing before I give my initial reaction, I loved what you said is that wholeness and healing are not the same thing, and that you can be healed and not be whole. And just even as I'm rethinking about the post now, you know, that person, like you were saying, that's just seeking healing. There's no information on being whole. There's nothing, No, as far as what I've seen, nobody's up talking about being whole. It's just like, are you healed? Okay, now what? You know, and like you were saying, like, if you're healed without knowledge, you can go back to where you were. And so one thing, when I initially saw the post, y'all i got mad i was like you know you just you limiting the father to so much you know this is the person i mean god or elohim but people say god but you know they say oh he's my creator he can do this and he can do that but people only want to believe him for financial things only for blessing me for a house blessing me with a good job you know blessing me with a car they got a 26 percent interest rate But instead of just taking the limitations off their minds and saying, "Okay, Holy Spirit can heal me emotionally. You know, he created me. Why can't he heal me? And even just looking at that, when me and my husband were talking about it, I was like, I see why people turn away from Christianity. I see why people just throw this to the wind and want nothing to do with it, because why would I, somebody who created me, but they can't even heal me from what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. So really just that just the limitations of this post. Like, y'all, people just put Elohim in such a small box. And, and it was really frustrating for me because all you got to, anyways, let me stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't stop, don't stop. Yeah, I I, I also um, experienced some frustration for sure. And I agree with you, Tori. Like there, the undertone, the, the first undertone that I was picking up on was doubt. Because it it and and really that doubt is that the father can heal us. And so I feel like we're living in a time where people are they're they're more open, starting to become more open and talking about you know mental health and emotional wellness and all those things, which is great. I'm glad that you know people are talking about it, but we want to make sure that we don't accept humanistic ideas and think that we as the creation can do things that only the creator can do. And so I'll share that, you know, I have a extensive background in mental health. I got my bachelor's in psychology. I went on to get my master's um, in clinical mental health to become a counselor. And I ended up not becoming a counselor. Check out our other episodes to hear more about that if you're interested, <laughs> plug. But um, so anyway, so I pursued that as a profession because it was something that I really cared about, right? And what I learned was I really was searching for emotional healing and wholeness myself, which is one of the reasons why I pursued that profession. And a lot of the people, I'll, I'll say, I'll even throw a number out, like I will say about 90% of my, the people who I was in school with to be counselors as well, they were doing the same thing. Like essentially they were hurt at some point. They experienced, you know, some sort of emotional trauma or issues with mental health. And so they wanted to help people who were in a similar situation as them. And you have to be really careful with that. Um, because again, you know, what I learned was that the only person who can heal me is Yeshua. is the father. He is the one who created me. He knows me better than anyone And the other thing I learned was that counseling, while I'm in no way saying that there's no place for it because there is, it really, a lot of times focuses on coping and coping strategies versus healing. So I'll put a pin right there, but essentially the undertone when I first got this or when I first read it was that. People really don't know who the father is, and really understand what true love looks like. Um, because when we are obedient, and when we learn His laws and His precepts, it can it can it overpowers suicidal thoughts, it overpowers depression, anxiety, PTSD. I'm a living witness because I have been through a lot of these things, and it was only the power of the Father uh, and me learning more about Him and His laws that is what set me free from that. Not my degree in counseling, you know, not uh, all the books that I've read about it, not any coping strategy or skill. So we really do have to learn more about uh, what the father thinks about that. Because it may sound good to say, you know, loving Jesus doesn't always cure. You matter. You, yes, you do matter. You do matter to Elohim. So, but let's figure out what his thoughts are about this. Um, and not accept that he doesn't have the power to heal you
0: right and it's so much you said Alicia and one thing that what scripture that came to mind it it will actually let me (laughs) a lot of scriptures that came to mind but one thing that particularly came to mind is that you know scripture tells us he wants all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth and people tend to have this idea that once I'm saved you know my life is good you know it's 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 free selling from here and that and that's not the case. And and just even as we're talking about in this area, you know, you mentioned doubt. But one thing I wanted to point out is that another undertone from the post was it seemed like a lot of isolation. Like just like I'm in my own head trying to figure out what to do. And y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a scripture that uh is in Sahelum Psalms that tells us that uh when we're alone, that's when the the it's isolated thoughts about how the enemy tries to come in then if y'all know what I'm talking about I have to find it but it is a scripture that even tells us that warns about being alone and isolating yourself like that and so like you were saying it does sound good to you know love Jesus and have a therapist but what type of what the a therapist where is that knowledge coming from is that darkness or is that light because scripture also tells us that the children of darkness have more knowledge than the children of light you know and even in this case how you mentioned alicia going through school they taught coping mechanisms and coping will make you think that you're healed you know, and, and I've been through that, like, being a person who's been through sexual assault, I coped for a really long time, and I thought that I was okay, and and I've heard people who said they went to counseling, and came out there, okay, when they got done, they realized they were even more messed up, so, and, and, and the reason why I bring that up is to, we're not knocking counseling, because I believe you mentioned it, Alicia, that um, counseling is appropriate, you know, scripture does talk about doing it, but
2: where are you getting it from,
0: yeah, so did y'all, let me slide on did y'all want
2: to say anything yeah um when you were trying to find the scripture i'm not sure if this is actually a scripture or just a saying but um one of the things that came to mind is i've heard people say an idle mind is the enemy's playground and um or the devil's playground so that might be a saying but at the end of the day um it's true because if your mind is not filled with the holy spirit it is just so important to, first of all, know the voice of the Holy Spirit and then ask him to allow my emotions and my thoughts, my will, everything to be his will and his emotions and his thoughts. And, um, you find great peace in that. And, the more you do it and the more that you start quoting scripture and learning the word, um, the more that healing becomes more manifested through your actions and most importantly, your reactions. So I just wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying about the
1: idle mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And Tori, earlier you were talking about salvation and how a lot of people essentially they get saved, but never fully come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and we say all the time, you know, salvation is really just the door. Like it gives you access, but then there's so much to learn. We have to learn the laws of the kingdom. We have to learn the principles. And, um, and only then when we have that understanding that we're able to put them into practice and fully benefit from the, from receiving Yeshua or receiving salvation. And so again, like when I read that post, what it was insinuating was someone who really doesn't understand who the father is and who, who Yeshua is, because to know who Yeshua is would be to know that it, every name and anything is subject to the authority of Yeshua and we can heal. We don't need a therapist to heal. So there was a scripture that came to mind in Matthew 12 and 43, and it talks about the return of an unclean spirit. And so first of all, depression is a spirit. Anxiety, that's a spirit. And, And the source of that spirit is the enemy himself. He is the one who plants those thoughts in our minds that cause us to question and to doubt truth. I'm, I'm almost getting off my point, but Dr. Larry said something that was so powerful, but that really helped me and um, helped a lot of others too. But that was like the enemy. He only gets you to question what is true. Right. So, because if it was a lie, then you would automatically throw it out. So when those thoughts come that um, I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm, I'm worthless or, you know, um, my family is better off without me, or, you know, I just, I can't get through this. I can't do it. I'm, I'm ugly. You know, whatever that thought is, number one, we have to identify that that came from the enemy himself and the truth cannot even be found in him. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. Right. And so Crystal, you were talking about the difference between healing and wholeness. And how some people, you know, they are on the journey of healing and they're in pursuit of healing, but kind of like you were saying, Tori, maybe we learned a couple of coping strategies and then now I think I'm healed or, you know, I'm applying a couple of things, now I think I'm good. Well, I wanted to read the scripture, so sorry, this is taking so long. I'm trying to get it out. But in Matthew 12, it reads When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, It founds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also it will be with this evil generation. And what I really kind of wanted to pull out of that is that when we're in pursuit of wholeness and healing and as we're learning about PTSD and anxiety or whatever it is, that we have to make sure that when we acknowledge it and identify that spirit, that we then learn and apply the word. And that is what will allow us to have wholeness, not just identifying it, not just finding a coping strategy of how to put up with it. The father wants us to be free from it completely. So in this particular verse, it talks about how the spirit left, right? It left But then it came back and it said it found that house uh, swept and put in order. So basically, they were like, okay, yeah, I got, you know, I'm doing good. Everything's good. Kind of how Tori was. Everything's fine. (laughs) But then unless we fill that place with the word and with truth, then it's always going to come back. So my question to to you, whoever's listening, is what are you going to do when those thoughts come back? that's really the test of where you are and as far as uh, as your healing.
0: One thing that I wanted to mention is that you know, a lot of we talk a lot about thoughts and you mentioned Alicia that those thoughts can be thoughts of darkness but one thing that is so important to understand is that every thought that comes to our mind is not our thoughts you know and we have to understand that you know scripture tells us that we pull down strongholds so when those thoughts come like those those self-defeating thoughts those suicidal thoughts those thoughts that or whatever you may be dealing with you have to speak to that not with your mind, you have to speak to that and tell no, that is not of the Father. You, you, and how you mentioned about replacing that, you got to replace that with word. But just because, you know, you, you spoken to it and it comes back doesn't mean you aren't healed. It, that's having knowledge and understanding that, yes, something is trying to attack my mind. But because I'm an ambassador, because I'm living out of my born again spirit, I can speak to this and I can rule over this because we have dominion in the earth and. Why, why would the father give us dominion in the earth we ain't even got dominion over our own mind you know you just got to think about that like you have to make a like scripture tells us to make an exchange in our precepts our thoughts and our thinking our source so we got to rule over those thoughts and we can confidently rule over those thoughts with the word you know the word can destroy everything scripture tells us that his word is quick sharper than any two-edged sword so it cuts and exposes so when that sword is cut coming it's cutting those thoughts out and it's showing you that those thoughts are in there but as ambassadors we got a responsibility to make that exchange don't just sit there and willow in your thoughts you know don't just allow them to consume you because that's what they want the enemy comes to kill steal and destroy yeah. scripture tells us that he gives us life and life more abundantly. So it's a matter of just having knowledge and, and don't, and I'll, I've been there. It's hard to speak to those thoughts. Like it's easy to allow those thoughts in. And I know at one point I was like, I'm tired of pulling down strongholds. Like, mm-hmm. are we past this? But like just refreshing yourself in the word and applying it. So yeah, let me, I think you want to say something,
2: Crystal. So <laughs> preach <laughs> so, what came to mind was um, epigenetics when you were talking, Tori. And um, epigenetics is where our genes can actually alternate and regenerate itself um, based on our external or internal environment. Um, our internal environment is how we think, what, we're, what our thoughts are. And if we change the way we think, we can actually change our genetic, um, our genes in our brain and actually change how we're healed and how we actually um, think on a regular, normal basis, if that makes sense. And it's really powerful because in the medical field, they don't talk about that. They talk about medications or like you said, coping mechanisms and all of that, which those coping mechanisms, like you said, can keep people bound and think they're free. And um, and the same with medications. It can make people think that they're happy and we're, we're good, everything's good, but I got to pop another pill to be happy again. What happens when I'm sad again? What happens when I run out of medication? Um, so yeah, um, that's what came to mind. There's a lot about epigenetics that I just want to learn and speak on but um I will stop there with that cuz it's so much but um if you would have told me this couple of years ago that I can that someone can be healed by just changing the way they think I would have been like oh no there's there's no way but when you know the father and you know the power of the holy spirit and you actually feel that power and you actually experience that power then that's when it becomes real i feel like we are so like tori said we are so limited in our thinking of the ability of the holy spirit we just think i know i was taught that the holy spirit when you speak in your language of fire it was just to um receive some type of power to kill somebody else or anything like that, not really the communication of the father and allowing the father to speak through you, allowing the father to speak to you, allowing the father to just operate all the way through like your mind, your will, your emotion, everything. Like it's just, it's so much and so powerful. And it's just so sad to me now, like how we have so much power living inside of us, but we don't think it's there we are totally ignorant of it and especially being african-american but i know we're going to get into that at another time so i'll let one of you all go from there
1: yes so crystal you you brought up so many good points Um, i also am like super amazed by like epigenetics and just how the principles that the father have put in place they work. You know, the scripture talks about how life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the way that we use our language, how powerful our words are, but what we speak is a result of what we believe. And so, you know, uh, even as it relates to mental health, how there are so many people who, um, and really, that's really what this post is getting at. It's like, we, uh, I can love Jesus, but I still have to depend on a therapist. You know, it's
0: teaching weakness now. That, now, as I'm listening, it's just teaching being weak, like being comfortable, being weak. And and I don't, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's something that makes me so mad. Why are y'all teaching people to be weak ambassadors? If I, if my creator is is Elohim, He's Almighty. Why am I weak? Come on yes. now, that don't make no,
1: sense. Seriously, that's it. You're you're absolutely right. And but but again, it's like the the enemy. He doesn't want us to know how powerful we are. He wants us to think that the only way that I can get to the next day is by taking that pill, is by, you know, uh, smoking weed or, you know, people have all kinds of ways that they cope and ways that they deal with it. Um, And therapy, you know, is one way that people are dealing with it. And like we said earlier, we're not trying to say that it doesn't have a place because the scripture also talks about counsel and, you know, uh, but number one, is it from the right source? And number two, are you depending on that? Right. Because that is not the will of the father. He doesn't want us depending on appeal, a person, um, a blunt, uh, none of that stuff, like emotional wholeness and wellness. We find that in him and him alone. And so really, I feel like that's the, I mean, the summary of what we're trying to get across.
0: Yeah, and and I'm going to share this, and I think we need to go ahead and shift gears because we got other things we want to talk about. Uh, Right after I had my second baby, I was really like, the hormones were going crazy. Like, my postpartum period is, it's just a difficult time for me, and I was just like, my emotions were everywhere. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what is going on? I was having crying spells, and my midwife, and she was great, don't get me wrong, I loved her, she, you know, told me twice that you know I'm close to the point of needing medication and you know she referred me to um to counseling services or whatever and I I never did it and I remember I was just having a really hard day and I was sitting here you know I was praying and I was just asking the father to help me help me and I was just like father I, I don't even care about myself right now and I remember it clear as day I was sitting there and I heard the Holy Spirit say I care about you And Mm -hmm. that changed everything. It changed my thoughts. It changed how I was talking to myself. It changed because I was, then in that moment, I was like, okay, I can lean on the Holy Spirit. I can depend on the Holy Spirit. And as I started to depend on him, my thoughts changed. And when my thoughts changed, my emotions changed. Like my body changed. Like I instantly felt better. And I remember I ended up talking to my mentor a few days and I was telling her about it. And she was like, yeah, I sensed something was different. And so, and I, and I shared that because just how powerful the Holy Spirit is and to kind of touch on both of y'all's points that the Holy Spirit is in us. You know, like we talked about listening and positioning and speaking and just with epigenetics, because my mind changed, everything else changed. Yes. So I really, I, I wanted to share that because that was such a pivotal moment for me. Like I was I just felt like I was drowning, like nobody could help me, like sleep couldn't help, exercise couldn't help, food couldn't help, I'm here with this baby that cried all the time, and it was just, but just that moment, and just seeing how the Holy Spirit can, can change things when you allow him, so yes, I just kind of want to share that to wrap up y'all's points, but we need to switch topics, (laughs) so one thing that we, um, that we also want to talk about is you know we're talking about counseling we're talking about therapy but talking about therapy you know there's so many negative connotations and like we said it's changing about therapy in the black community the black church and uh the black family and as I was thinking about that I was looking up some statistics and I thought it was very interesting I'm gonna read these stats and then we can you know jump right in um 50s 50s uh, so the population in America of Black people, we only make up 13.4% of the population. Um, and 16% of those people, Black people, rep- um, report that they have been suffering with mental, I- with mental illnesses. The article didn't go into what mental illnesses it did, but it said that people, you know, shared that they had mental illnesses that ranged from depression, anxiety, to um, like bipolar and stuff like that. of Black people identify as Protestant. One-fifth of Black people live in poverty. And 23% of Black adults over the age of 25 have a college degree. This was a bachelor's degree. It wasn't a higher ed. And the median average, the median income for Black families in the United States is $44,000 a year. And so as I was looking at this post, I was like, okay, So, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, you know, a lot of times, especially in the black community, we're told, oh, go get your, go get your degree. You'll always have a job. Like you'll always be good, but we got people getting educated, but the average family is only making $44,000 a year and 1.5, oh, one out of every five black people still live in poverty, but also 66% of people saying that they are Protestant or they have religious beliefs and 56%. Of black people live in the south which is the bible Belt. so i was as i was thinking about this i was like these stats don't make a lot of sense you know like why aren't things getting better so if y'all want to comment on it or whoever wants to jump right in first
1: yeah so i that that was there was a lot in that And, and i'm still kind of in the back of my head i'm thinking about the post because i feel like what that has in common and also, you know, the, stat, the stats that you were just sharing. I mean, honestly, it's no wonder the post is what it is because people have such limited knowledge and also are depending on the wrong source. Um, you mentioned education, how, you know, we think that that's going to be our savior and clearly it's not because we're still in poverty. Um, you know, when it comes to our emotional health, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that people are talking more about uh, emotional trauma because you also mentioned a stat that talked about only 16% of people report um, having like a mental illness. And I know that number should be quadrupled times 25. I mean, like, seriously, that's wrong. So, um, So I'm glad that there's more awareness, but yet still so many people have limited awareness. But ultimately, I feel like what all of that has in common is, oh, man, just how sad it is really for us to be walking around with the father himself living inside of us, literally having the opportunity to dominate over every thought, over every certain, like we should be, you know we should be financially well off, we should be emotionally whole, we should, you know, all of these things, but yet because we don't have the knowledge of the kingdom and of our rights and abilities, then we see those statistics because we're depending on the wrong source, even with having access to the kingdom. I don't know, I'm trying to put it into words, somebody else need to help me out, but (laughs) I hope that's making sense. What came to
2: mind when you uh, mentioned those stats was that poverty mindset will keep people just bound up. And another thing that came to my mind was, you know, government assistance, when it comes to helping families, especially Black families, um, the one thing that I've noticed is you have to make a certain amount or below a certain amount. And I've actually talked to someone and it was almost like she was encouraging that person to make sure their check was lower than this amount so they can receive these benefits. And it sounds good, you know, at first for that person is like, oh yeah, you know, I need these benefits, but it's like, wait a minute, you can actually make more. You can actually come up out of this. You don't have to be stuck in this. You don't have you don't have to make sure your income is below a certain le- you know a certain level so that the government can provide for you. So it's like in turn, it's like passively keeping people in a poverty situation and then keeping them bound in that poverty mindset. If that makes any sense.
0: And as I was listening to both of y'all, one thing that I thought that was coming up with me in me is that this is our religion you know, religion to keep you bound, religion to keep you, oh, I'm broke, but I'm serving the Lord, child. I'm going to be okay. Well, you know, we don't have to be broke. We don't have to be limited to just $44,000 a year. And it was just, and even as me and my husband were talking about it last night, it's just that people really do have a soul tied to religion, And the reason why I bring this up, because, you know, 66% of Black people say that they're Protestant or some type of, you know, religious connection. It did, because the article didn't go into detail about it, but if y'all so religious and so many Black people have these religious connections, why are people still living like this? Why are Black people still living like this? You know, why are why why is one of every five black person living in poverty? Like, it it doesn't make sense. And like you were saying, Alicia, based on these statistics, it makes sense that mental health is such a big issue. Why people, you know, like, like this post, you know, why, oh, I'ma love Jesus and do this. I'ma love Jesus and, you know, have me a therapist. So it was really just, I don't know, just um and I kind of see where y'all are. It's kind of hard to word it, you know, so. Yeah, did y'all have anything else y'all wanted to comment on that okay so so I guess I do have a question so how do y'all feel like what or do y'all feel that the like slavery and trauma being passed down through families how do y'all feel that that is or do y'all still think that you know the effects of slavery is still affecting um black families today or black people in general today Alicia, you like you got a whole lot to say. You need a
1: minute to get I'm trying to (laughs) not look. I'm trying not to write a book. I'm trying not to be here all day because I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. In short, I I definitely feel like the slavery and trauma has been passed down that we as native-born Black Americans, we have not been given the same opportunities. To to even heal, I feel like a lot of things are minimized. Um, slavery itself is like it's almost like why y'all still talking about that, not realizing that just how much it is still impacting impacting us. And those stats that you were sharing, they also stem from you know slavery and, and the reason why the economics is that the way uh, the way it is like so many so many different issues. So. In short, yeah, I definitely think we have a lot of issues that are uh, stemming from that.
2: Yeah, there's so much. Like I said, learning that epigenetics and how far things can go back for generations and generations and generations. And there's familiar spirits out here. The one thing that I wanted to share is that when slavery just came about, they took them out of their peaceful environment and put them in this horrible, horrific environment where they're packed in ships, they're surrounded by, you know, who knows what. And that will do something to someone. So they took their will away from them, took them out of their normal environment, took their will away from them, took their names away from us, and totally just eradicated their identity. And this is one thing that came to mind is Black women are more susceptible to what you had mentioned, um, Tori, about um, postpartum depression. A lot of that stems from slavery, where these women were so traumatized to where some of the women that were in slavery would actually kill their children because they did not want them to be in this captivity state like they they would actually just kill them and they would think that they're setting them free and it's that's so traumatic can you imagine we all have kids like can you imagine how warped that mindset could be like to just uh, be okay with just killing your own child because you just don't want them to live in a particular state that you've been living in And this gets passed down and passed down, and it might not look like the actual killing of a child, but you can kill a child's emotions. You can kill a child's spirit. You can take away the will of a child. And um, as black people living in poverty, it comes so easy for that to happen because of those familiar spirits that roam around and it's like and you take them on like as your own thoughts your own emotions and if you don't just cast those thoughts and those emotions down then you're constantly it's it gets passed down and passed down and it might get watered down but at the end of the day it's just killing generations and generations so anyway, I'll just stop there
0: yeah, that was so good. I definitely, I wish we had uh, more time to talk about this, but we definitely have to do a part two. This was some really, really heavy stuff. And did y'all want to give any closing remarks before we, sound like this church, <laughs> like any. <laughs> did you want to share anything before we close out, Alicia?
1: Um, I just wanted to say, because you know we started out really talking about mental health and um, you know, and those sorts of things. So I would just want to say to the person who may be in a place where you are under an emotional attack, where you do may feel uh, hopeless or have um, thoughts that you're not good enough, or uh, depressing thoughts, or anxiety, or whatever it may be, um, that as a Kingdom citizen, if you have received Yeshua. That greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. That no uh, thought that is in your mind, all of that can be torn down by just doing the things that we kind of talked about, changing the way that you think, changing your belief system, and even slavery and its impact and the things that Crystal, you know, that you were just sharing. I'm just so thankful that now, as a kingdom ambassador, I have the opportunity to break those generational curses as a result of me being obedient and me learning and applying kingdom laws that that, that even supersedes all the dirt that has went on. So I um, just wanted to share that. Um, we, we are praying for you. Uh, if you are needing prayer or needing someone to, uh, to talk to, you can always uh, go to our website, empowermentoffaith.org and submit a prayer request. Also, we do suggest you seeking wise counsel and making sure that it's from a source of light. And then also trusting in the Holy Spirit and allowing him to teach you, lead you, and guide you in truth. Uh, just wanted to share share that.
0: All right. Yes, that was so good. Um, So thank you for sharing that. I definitely think it's important to have a space where people know that they can get help and that they're not by themselves if they do seek counsel. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and close this out. We hope you guys, I know I enjoyed it. It was a heavy topic, but I enjoyed this episode of Kingdom Conversations, the ladies edition, and we'll see y'all next time.